As Canadians wade into the unknown waters of legalized marijuana and potentially a multi-billion dollar industry, Dr. Carrie Cramp is hard at work in her lab trying to figure it all out. Carrie heads up the Applied Research Center for Natural Products and Cannabis at Loyalist College in Belleville, Ontario. It's the first college laboratory in Canada approved to conduct research with cannabis. Not only that, but Carrie designed and is teaching an eight-month cannabis applied science program aimed at getting graduate students jobs in the cannabis manufacturing industry. This is a huge area that uh, there are job opportunities, there is room for innovation, there is opportunities for product development, there are an opportunity for our students um, to be leaders in these areas and it's my role to help facilitate this. Carrie says Canada is definitely in a good position to become a world leader in cannabis product research. Oh definitely I believe that I've been at uh, different conferences uh, internationally and from what I understand and the feedback that I'm receiving from different scientists in these different sectors uh, is that we are doing a great job and uh, we're on the cutting edge and our innovation and um, aspects of our legislation are providing an environment that is allowing and uh, supporting new product development and supporting the development of young scientists in this field. Carrie began her post-high school academics at Virginia Commonwealth University in the United States, where she also played Division I volleyball. Carrie says sports played a key role in who she is today. It's every day that you have to do something as an athlete. Um, it's, it's the discipline that comes with it. It's the working with other people. I, I think people skills are imperative uh, to moving forward in um, your professional life. I believe that working within a team is it's critical uh, to making that happen. And uh, playing sports... I, I believe has had a major impact on making me who I am today. And uh, I want to thank my parents for involving me in sports because it has contributed to my success and sticking with things and demanding more of myself. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Dr. Carrie Cramp fills us in on a student-led science outreach program called Let's Talk Science, designed to interest youth in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, together known as STEM. Carrie tells us what it's like to complete her doctorate in chemistry and biology with young children at home, and she talks about how her parents have always been her number one mentors. Dr. Carrie Cramp, on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. I'm delighted today to be speaking with Dr. Carrie Cramp, who is the Principal Investigator at Loyalist College's Applied Research Centre for National Products and Medical Cannabis here in Belleville. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Run It Like a Girl. I'm very pleased to be joining you. I'm, uh, I'm super interested. I think, you know, we have a wide range of, uh, of women on our, on our, on our series, but I don't think we have anyone quite like you. And, uh, I think we, we don't, everyone is unique, but I, I just, I'd love to dig in a little bit. Can you tell me about, uh, what's your job? What do, what do you do as a principal investigator? Um, right now as a principal investigator, so I work within the center and that's the focus within our center is natural products, um, and medical cannabis. Um, my role is leadership. Um, so it's important that I am engaged and I involve students and ensure that they're engaged with local industry uh, sectors surrounding um, se- sectors that are focused on natural products, sectors that are focused on 
medical cannabis. This is a huge area that uh, there are job opportunities, there is room for innovation, there's opportunities for product development. They're an opportunity for our students um, to be leaders in these areas. And it's my role to help facilitate this. That's awesome. And, you know, just before we kind of went on air with this, you had mentioned uh, seeing a great opportunity for Canada to actually be a leader in natural products. Oh, definitely. I believe that I've been at uh, different conferences uh, internationally. And from what I understand and the feedback that I'm receiving from different scientists in these different sectors uh, is that we are doing a great job. And uh, we're on the cutting edge and our innovation and um, aspects of our legislation are providing an environment that is allowing and uh, supporting new product development and supporting the development of young scientists in this field. And um, so I think that's uh, super interesting. And I'd love to talk a little bit about, so as a woman in a STEM field, you have your doctor as well. I do. And you had mentioned briefly that uh, when you were going through your education, you actually, you had your children while you were going through the education system. Can you tell me a little bit about one, what what that was like? And also being a woman trying to make your way in a career that may largely be dominated by, by men. I can say definitely it it was. As I was going through for my master's originally, um, I was one of the only females in the lab. And I didn't look at it as a male-female thing. I looked at it as we're in there and uh, we're, we're focused on, at this point in time, I was uh, developing anti-parasite uh, drugs. And so it was, a, it was a great opportunity. Afterwards, when I was going to uh, into my doctorate, I was working at the time. I had just been married. Um, it was very challenging. I got in there and I had an excellent first year, was able to complete a lar- the large um, majority of my classes. And then we had great news. Uh, we found out that we were expecting. <laughs> so that was, um, as a woman, that was unique. Uh, I went to talk to my thesis advisor. Um, it was uh, Thor John Arneson at the University of Ottawa, Dr. Arneson, incredible man. And one of the things that he said to me, because I was intimidated to go and talk to him and say, look, I, I'm, I'm having a baby. I've just started my PhD. What are the next steps? And he said, Carrie, he goes, there's life and, and there's school. And he was so supportive of it. The whole lab was great. And we made it work. And I found that later you can make anything work if you put your mind to it. Although it's really important and it's helpful to have a, uh, a supportive family, a supportive friend environment. And I was uh, fortunate in that aspect. You've been a competitive athlete for a lot of your life. I, I'd love to know, how has that influenced you? I, I've always loved competitive sports. <laughs> I was uh, surrounded with an environment. Uh, there was a large focus on competitive sports. I played them all through high school. Had some incredible some incredible coaches and mentors. Uh, I went down uh, to the U.S. and uh, on a scholarship and played Division One volleyball. Incredible experience. What has brought to me and how it's contributed to who I am now, uh, discipline, um, working hard, uh, demanding um, more of myself, uh, providing me with time management skills, and just and just working with people. So you had some, some people in your life yeah. that, that helped you and enabled you um, to be able to, uh, to succeed. Yes. Um, so maybe, you know, what would be interesting, I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, mentorship then. Okay. And, and the role that maybe perhaps that has played in your own career coming up and now you as a, as a leader in the field, what okay. your views on mentorship are. Um, I think it can take many forms. 
for example, um, both my parents uh, didn't have backgrounds in science. And uh, when I really started liking sciences in, the high, sc- in high school, especially in chemistry and biology, I'd come home and they would just be supportive, not specifically to the material, but like, come on, Kira, you can do this. And they'd provide that time and that just that positive attitude, like stick with it. Don't get frustrated. When I was completing my master's, there are times when you're doing grad school, uh, life is tough. You're, you're moving in a lot of directions. You're working, you're sometimes playing sports and you've got your academics and it was hard. And I would sometimes call home. I was a long distance from home. Um, and I'd be like, I don't know if I can do this. And maybe, maybe this isn't the right fit. And they were, they'd encourage me and say, of course you can do this. And you think about what are you going to do afterwards? Where do you see yourself coming like after you're finished this? And that would provide me with that motivation to say, you know what? It's not always going to be positive, but you know, to have those downtimes that you can see that it's going to get better. And so just to have somebody to continue and encourage you and to be supportive is really important. Um, and into my PhD, uh, Thor Arneson, he was great. He just, my advisor and uh, my friends, my graduate school, I was a mature student, so that was tough as well. So that made me unique. So I was a woman in primarily a male-dominated field, but I was also older than most of them. And some of them, <laughs> uh, it, it was great. So from mentorship, I think you can get it from a variety of different places. Uh, and I think it can be sometimes the not most obvious ones. You know, mentorship comes in all forms, and sometimes it's a colleague. Sometimes it's someone in a position of senior to you. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I had it all. Like, I think for my parents, my husband's amazing. We've had a, a long-term, long-distance relationship. Um, I love him more than anything in the world, and he was great because when I was doing my PhD and um, we had our first child, um, Annabelle, he would um, he took a part-time position so that he could stay home so that I could work on my school work during um, – during my, wow. my my time off work. And so I would be going back and forth to Ottawa, driving, you know, three hours there, three hours back, uh, doing schoolwork and um, with a newborn. And a little things like you don't like to talk about, like, you know, you'd be pumping in the grad office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but it, it was fantastic and it, it was worthwhile. And so much that um, time management became a priority and you use your time wisely and with the support of everyone, you, you make it work. And it did take me longer. It took me seven years to complete my PhD. I look back and I, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll go back a little bit for a okay. second. Because, so you grew up in rural Ontario. I did. Um, and you played volleyball quite competitively. Yes. And, in fact, went on scholarship down to the States. I did. Um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, life as a competitive athlete and, and you know, going away from home and, and what that was like? It's every day that you have to do something as an athlete. Um, it's, it's the discipline that comes with it. It's the working with other people. I, I think people skills are imperative uh, to moving forward in um, your professional life. I believe that working within a team is it's critical uh, to making that happen. And uh, playing sports, I, I believe, has had a major impact on making me who I am today. And uh, I want to thank my parents for involving me in sports because... It has contributed to my success and sticking with things and demanding more of myself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's great. So, I mean, it's, it's a sense of discipline or a sense of, like, always trying to work to improve yourself, always trying to better your game. Uh, yeah, yeah, always. And uh, it's also meeting people. Mm-hmm. 
and working with people, working with coaches and different types of people because throughout your your sports or your, you know, as you grow up, you're, you're going to work with a variety of people um, in your professional life. I'm thinking about it now. And uh, people approach things differently. And some people you're going to see eye to eye with and other people, you know what, you're, you're going to look at life from a different perspective. And I think sports provides you with an opportunity to develop those skills because you, when you play on teams, <laughs> You, what you're thinking about is that ultimate, uh, that outcome. What are you working towards and how do you get there together? Yeah, I think, and so maybe we can talk a bit now because now now you're you're the principal uh, investigator here. Yes. So you have a team, I, I imagine. Yes. So what, uh, what, is, what does authentic leadership mean to you? What does it mean to be a leader? Leadership, I, I think, is getting in there and uh, working with your team. Um, it's providing opportunities uh, for yourself and for your team to grow. Um, I believe it's uh, being positive and enabling uh, yourself and those people around you and recognizing that there's more than what's just in front of you. The world is big and you need to think outside the box and to be able to motivate people to believe in themselves and to get to that next level um, is an important aspect of leadership. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think um, providing uh, opportunities for, for those coming up and motivating them to go with the skills that they have. <laughs> and I think it's sometimes those things that you find most challenging and those things that take that little bit of extra work. Uh, chemistry was not one of my uh, best subjects in high school. Okay. Um, it was one of those things that I really had to work at. And I found that when you really have to work at something that, that allows you to be a, a better teacher in that specific area because you like to see it broken down. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it had to be broken down for you. It had to be broken yeah. down for me, and and I find the best way to learn something is to teach it to someone else. So I'd love to talk for a second about let's talk science. Can you tell me what that is? How you got involved in it, and and wh- where that program is today? Let's talk science is a not for profit organization that's intended to provide outreach opportunities for youth in the field of STEM. Um, I was first exposed to Let's Talk Science as a graduate student at the University of Ottawa uh, as a result of seeing the fun that uh, some colleagues had in volunteering for and coordinating Let's Talk Science. Once I was teaching here at the college, I, I, knew, I recognized that there weren't a lot of colleges that participated in it. And so I contacted Let's Talk Science and said, hey, you know, um, how does this work for colleges? They were amazing to work with. And so... Uh, with uh, the support of a group of students here at the college, we became an official site. I, I guess it would be about four years ago now. And since then, the amount of students that have been reached by Let's Talk Science here at Loyalist College, I would expect would be greater than 5,000 oh, in wow. terms of in- individual students. Mm-hmm. But these are a combination of small events that happen um, within schools in the area. These are events that happen here at the college. And one thing that I can't take credit for is a lot of these outreach events. I've been supportive from a, um, from a supervisory role, but Let's Talk Science is driven by students. And so each year we have a student who coordinates Let's Talk Science. And we've been very fortunate, especially the last couple of years, we've had some incredible uh, third-year students within our biosciences program take on this coordinator role for Let's Talk Science and run with it. They've involved the volunteers. They make the direct contact with the, with the schools and the local events to, uh, to get these events going. And uh, they've been responsible for the outreach. I've been supportive to them. 
awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and I actually have, I have one final question for you. Um, and that would be if, uh, if you were to go back in time and, and visit a, a younger version of yourself, maybe 19, 18 years old, is there any advice that you would give yourself? Is there anything that you'd want to say? I would say go to school. Stick to the STEM. Um, STEM's incredible. There are so many opportunities. And uh, you want to be able to be the one that makes the choice of what you're going to do. Um, you're also going to want to have a skill set that's transferable. And within the STEM, there are endless opportunities. And endless opportunities to work with uh, different people and endless opportunities to uh, make a difference, whether it be... Um, innovation and technology or whether it be to um, to help the environment there are so many different aspects and directions that you can take it and uh, yeah I would say <laughs> consider STEM strongly awesome that's great well Carrie I want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy day today okay to meet with us and chat with us and uh, and for being on this episode thank you okay thank you very much run it like a girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. On the next episode of Run It Like a Girl, Professor Hillary Nunn enjoys flipping through recipe books, but not your average everyday cookbook, mind you. Dr. Nunn is a Shakespearean scholar at the University of Akron in Ohio and is investigating, and in some cases making, recipes from as far back as the 15 and 1600s. Why? Professor Nunn's his recipes can provide an important glimpse of everyday life during that period. Dr. Hilary Nunn on the next episode of Run It Like a Girl.